Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Hello again, college football fans and others. It's Thursday, July 27th, and kickoff of the 2023 college football season. Only four weeks and two days away as I record at uh, shortly before 10 a.m. Central. I'm once again this week, Paul Stone, and this is episode 113 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. This week's episode titled, Don't Tell Me It's Over. And we're not going to be dissecting some sappy love song where the dismissed party uh, is pleading for one last chance, but instead, I'm going to touch on some sports bettors' tendency. And that, that's probably not strong enough of a word, you know, probably more accurate to say some sports bettors propensity to strongly or in some cases almost exclusively consider the over when contemplating regular season win totals, uh, player props and as such. You know, I, I just guess it's more fun to root for more scoring, you know, more offense. But I've always contended it's more fun to win. And if your goal is to become or remain a long-term winning sports better, you need to keep all your options open, in my opinion. You know, some sports bettors, they seem, you know, to, to almost be allergic to betting unders. And in some cases, they wear their unwavering commitment to betting overs like a badge of honor. You know, they virtually mock persons for betting unders. You know, first of all, I want to acknowledge to make it clear, an individual game or a player prop, and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong here, this is pretty, uh, pretty much of an elementary approach, but I would think an individual game or a player prop has roughly a 50-50 chance of going over or under. But to just simply turn a blind eye to one of your betting possibilities and to only consider betting overs, you know, is a poor betting choice, in my opinion. It, and, you know, it reduces your number of betting options. It limits your choices. You know, I'm sometimes ask about my opinion of the sports better versus sports book competition, if you will. You know, how would I sum it up? How would I break it down? And I always offer a, you know, a fairly simple assessment. And that's this. Both sides primarily have one thing going for it. 
The sportsbook advantage, their advantage is simple. 11 is always bigger than 10. On a standard uh, straight bet at traditional juice, the better must risk $11 to win $10. Uh, and that's the, you know, that's the sportsbook's advantage. You know, pretty much it comes down to that. What about the sports better? You know, what do I see as our advantage? You know, and there can be a whole lot of different answers, uh, you know, to our side of the counter. But mine is this. Selectivity. You know, we get to, you know, pick and choose. We get to select the games we play. You know, while the book has to essentially post a line on every game, we have a choice. You know, we can bet them all. We can bet five of them or we can bet none of them and turn the page and go to another day. We get to decide. We have the power of selectivity. You know, and if you're essentially or mostly at least eliminating the possibility of betting any unders, you are narrowing your possibilities. You are creating a smaller pool of possibilities. You know, on a related note, I know of at least a few football bettors who profess to only bet underdogs. So if this, you know, if this is really a person's MO, you are discounting or eliminating the possibility of betting any favorites. Folks, games can be mispriced from all angles, and it's ultimately all about the number. You know, using my own personal betting experience, this exercise to me, the betting exercise comes down to developing a strong set of power ratings and then using those rankings to craft your own numbers. You know, you craft your own numbers, sides and totals. And then when the real numbers come out from a market making book, in the case of college football, circa at 11 a.m. Pacific every Sunday morning, when those numbers come out, you then attack the differences between your numbers and theirs. Sides and totals, favorites and underdogs, overs and unders. You know, you just you look at the discrepancies and you, you attack those differences. You know, while I'm obviously strongly recommending not to limit your choices, I certainly recognize and believe that many of us have a greater acumen for certain types of bets. You know, I am a person, no, no question about it, I'm a person who bets mostly underdogs, but not all underdogs. I mean, I do bet some favorites, bet a lot of those favorites at, at six points or less. And as far as totals, you know, no question, I'm slightly predisposed to bet unders. But again, you know, I, I'm certainly not adverse to firing on overs, you know, no question about it. I do want to emphasize with all of my continuous stressing of not eliminating the thought of betting unders, I want to emphasize that if you've demonstrated long-term success 
betting strictly overs or betting strictly underdogs or betting strictly whatever the case might be, do not change. I mean, if you've got a proven record, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat in this game. You know, we can be all quite different in our approaches and our belief systems and how we attack it, yet we can all be very successful uh, or not be very successful. So there's a lot of ways to come at this. The way that I am advocating is not the only way. You know, with the college football season kicking off in a month, a lot of betters have already made, um, you know, regular season. Some are still considering, but a lot of betters have already made regular season win total bets. Uh, and to a lesser degree, perhaps have bet on some player props in college football. You know, the player props are certainly more readily available in the NFL, although FanDuel, and I'm sure there's others, have some uh, college football player props currently posted. I saw a tweet uh, earlier this week from Las Vegas professional sports better Steve Fezzik uh, promoting a podcast appearance, I believe. And I'm real hesitant to quote or attribute stuff to to other persons, uh, but I feel comfortable uh, in, in this case. You know, Steve was talking about, I believe, NFL player props. And he was at least somewhat lamenting, and that's maybe too strong of a word, but he was at least pointing out you know, pretty much what I am, that the majority of bettors gravitate towards the over on these player props. They don't consider injury. Uh, they don't, you know, everything's just rose-colored glasses, basically. My word's not his. But he was pointing out that people tend to gravitate towards betting the uh, the overs. And obviously, I totally agree uh, with his point. You know, betters, especially novices, to be frank, they're just drawn to the over-narrative. You know, they handicap, and hopefully this analogy resonates, they handicap from the perspective of the glass being half full rather than being half empty. And in life, in everyday life, you know, I certainly strive to be positive. And I think I, I, I try to. I'm, I'm probably I'm not perfect, no question. But I view the glass in everyday life as being half full. When I've got my handicapping hat on, you know, I don't view this as the most prudent approach. You know, first of all, and I don't have, this is not backed by facts necessarily. This is just my belief. First of all, you pay a premium when you play the over. The book knows our collective habits. So in my opinion, they shade player props and the like to the high side. So if you bet the over, I think you're, it might be very slight, but I think you're paying at least somewhat of a premium. And one, one, this is, I'm going to take a little time on this one very important component this season to remember if you're playing any college football player props is you're not comparing apples to apples in year 2023. You know, I've discussed this early and often on this podcast, but there's a major clock rule change in college football this season. 
The clock, as you probably know by now, will no longer stop on first downs except in the final two minutes of the first half and the final two minutes of the game. You know, I heard a guy on Sirius again earlier this week, and I believe he was the director of officials for one of the Power Five conferences. But he said that a group, he didn't identify who they were or what facets of the sport from which they came, but he indicated they were highly qualified. But this group of highly qualified persons examined the potential impact that the clock change might have on the number of plays in a college football game. And they came up with the estimate that seven to nine plays, seven to nine, will be lost with the clock change. You know, my personal thoughts and how I arrived at them are, you know, likely far less scientific than theirs. But I have no qualms with that estimate. You know, that that's pretty much where I am. You know, an average game right now has about 140, 140 half, 140 and a half plays per game, rather, <clears throat> over the last few years. So that would get that number down to, say, you know, 131 to 133 or so. So I think that's a pretty good estimate. But until we get a couple of weeks of data, you know, everyone's playing a guessing game. I think for for some, it's an educated guessing game. But it's still a guessing game. But on these player props, you know, a 1,000-yard receiver last year is not a 1,000-yard receiver this year. A 1,000-yard rusher last year is not a 1,000-yard rusher this year. 3,000-yard passer, 4,000-yard passer. We could go on and on. It's just a different ball game. You know, those statistical benchmarks won't be the same in year 2023. You know, if the official whom I, I referenced, if his projection is correct, and the average game is reduced by seven to nine plays. Let's just say for the purpose of clean math, let's just go in the middle and say eight plays. So each team in that case would run an average of four fewer plays per game. So looking, let's look at season-long player props, for instance. In a 12-game regular season, if they lose four plays per game, that's 48 fewer plays on the season, all things being equal, than last year. Take it a step further, teams in today's college football roughly pass the ball 50% of the time. So one might surmise that the quarterback will have an average of 24 fewer attempts this season on average compared to last season. So if you lose four plays a game, two of those are runs, two of those passes, two passes times 12 games, that's where I come up with the 24 fewer attempts uh, for you know college football quarterbacks on average. The player props typically relate to the top players. So if you look at the top 40 teams most seasons in college football, when you look at yards per pass attempt, those top teams usually average 8 to 10 yards per pass attempt. Not per uh, completion, but per pass attempt. 
And again, the, the quarterbacks who have these posted player props are typically going to be, you know, the best in the college game. So let's just say a pass attempt is worth nine to 10 yards, you know, just for purpose of this illustration. So if a team on average is going to lose 24 pass attempts on the season due to the rule change, and each attempt is worth an average of nine to 10 yards, one might deduct that a high-level collegiate quarterback is going to lose 216 to 240 of total passing yards compared to a season prior to this rule change. A lot of numbers there, a lot to follow, but I tried to try to go slow and and hopefully uh, all of you, or at least most of you, you know, followed along and understand, you know, friends, this is obviously a inexact science at this point. We're merely, uh, you know, taking our best guesses at the present as to how many plays on average will indeed be lost. You know, we'll need real games, frankly, to start determining the real effect. We're going to have seven of those four weeks from this Saturday in week zero, highlighted by Notre Dame and Navy in Dublin, Ireland. Can't wait for that one. And I'll certainly go over those first seven games in week zero. I'll go over those with a a fine-tooth comb. Uh, And at the same time, I'll know seven games is an extremely small sample size in the grand scheme of things. But then we'll have the first, you know, full weekend of the uh, season the week after that, Labor Day weekend. And if you count the FBS versus FCS games, we have a total of 86 games that weekend. So at the conclusion of week one, 93 games are scheduled to have been played. You know, still not a a huge sample size, but at this point, you know, heading into week two with almost 100 games, I expect personally to be prepared and confident and likely to take, you know, a fairly aggressive approach, you know, from that point. Compared to many sports bettors, in most regards, I would consider myself to be conservative in my approach. But it's situations, you know, such as these where I feel I have an advantage for a number of reasons. And I believe it's important to play to our sports, you know, betting strengths, as as I've said often, to try to stay away from our weaknesses. So all in all, I feel like I'm going to anticipate anyway, I'm going to be quite active in the week two markets, uh, certainly in totals and, and also on sides. All right. Hopefully, if you know, even if you don't bet any player props, hopefully that little numerical exercise and some of the statistical estimates and data and so forth, you know, gives you a little more insight as to uh, how the rule change might affect yardage and points and plays and all that, uh, all that good stuff. Now for a quick plug for Paul Stone Sports, and then I'll get to this week's recommendation on a college football regular season win total. Paul Stone Sports has now recorded eight straight winning seasons against the spread as monitored by the independent, the sports monitor of Oklahoma City. Uh, Over those uh, last eight seasons, all winning seasons, I've hit almost 56% against the spread spanning more than 900 selections. Uh, If interested, 
in my full season college football membership, please visit paulstonesports.org. Again, that's paulstonesports.org. I had some bonuses um, that expired on July 15th, but if you sign up, let's say between now and, and Saturday, this Saturday, the 29th end of the day, I'll go ahead and pass on those bonuses to you. But uh, again, if interested, paulstonesports.org. Going to go now to my regular season win total recommendation. And if you heard me uh, on some media appearances earlier this week, primarily on VSIN, the Vegas Sports Information Network, I appear each Tuesday on Follow the Money, hosted, co-hosted by Mitch Moss and Polly Howard. But one of the regular season win totals I gave out uh, this week in the Atlantic Coast Conference regarded the Miami, Florida Hurricanes. They're totaled there at Circa in downtown Las Vegas, currently at seven and a half, the over at even, the under at minus 125. Now, the over is actually at plus 105. The, the line moved yesterday, but the over at, at plus 105, the under now at minus 125, actually. The Hurricanes, first of all, man, they got a lot of returning experience. They've got 19 starters. But I just don't see enough frontline talent to see eight wins, even in the ACC, on their schedule. Going to start out with a, what I believe is a really uh, telling statistic. Over the last five seasons, so we're talking about from 2018 through 2022, when favored by less than double digits, so favored by nine and a half or fewer points, Miami is only eight and 13 straight up in those 21 instances. Not against the spread, but when favored, the betting favorite by nine and a half points or fewer, they've only won eight of those 21 games outright. You know, that's really, uh, really incredible. You know, their head coach, Mario Cristobal, he's earned the reputation as a master recruiter. I think it's a well-deserved reputation. But on the flip side, I'm not sure he's a solid head coach. I'm not sure he's cut out to be the CEO of a major program. Another stat, and this is really incredible in my mind, in his last 30 games as a head coach, at Oregon and Miami, dating back to early in the pandemic season of 2020, Cristobal's teams in his last 30 games against the spread overall, 7-21-2. So his last 30 games against the spread, seven wins, seven covers, 21 losses, and two ties. You know, like I said uh, on Follow the Money earlier this week, if we knew then, folks, what we know now, be nice to have uh, those winners. I think that's pretty much 75% if you fade Cristobal in those last 30 games any way you add it up. So uh, Miami, I think you've got the gist by now. They're at Circa Miami, Florida, although many are tallying the Canes, the U. I'm not one of them. Go to Circa if you can, and there might be other places with a better price. Go to the place that has the best price. That's one of the advantages we have on our side of the counter, part of that selectivity. 
circa under seven and a half for Miami, Florida at minus 125. So that does it, folks, for another edition of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. I hope your summer's going well. Again, we have college football in uh, 30 days, I believe, from today as I record. Going to be here before you know it. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the rest of July. Until next week, signing out once again. I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.